You're listening to a DM podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as P is for Psycho and The President's <laughs> Neck is Missing. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Mr. A+. Hope everybody is doing well. Joining us today is one of my previous guests from September 2022. I interviewed him about Minions The Rise of Gru, one of his previous works. But this time, I want to talk to this man about a highly anticipated and recently released animated film, which is a collaboration between Nintendo and Illumination. This collaboration is the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, without further ado, let's all welcome back screenwriter Matthew Fogel. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Mike. Good to see you again. Likewise. It's been some time, hasn't it? Yes, it has been. Yeah. So, how are you doing and your family? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, My family and I just got um, over your... um, number one enemy, COVID-19. And now we're all doing good. We're all healthy again. So that's good. My mom had it. My sister had it. I had it. We all got it at the same time. good to hear. But also just to quickly remind you that my podcast still has a strict no COVID talk policy. I'm never going to mention it again. That's it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Just, just reminding you. Thank you. Now, um, I just need to say this. Congratulations on another incredible animated film. Thank you so much. I saw it for the third time two days ago. Oh, wow. I thought it was not just great, but one of the best films done by Illumination, in spite of what the Thank critics you. say. <laughs> the film has now become the third highest grossing animated film of all time. I just also need to say this. Jack Black's portrayal of Bowser was not just outstanding, but one of the best highlights of the film and not to mention that that peaches song and so good isn't it yeah it is and it's quite catchy and very entertaining to listen to i must say seth rogan was actually a really decent fit for donkey kong in spite of what everybody else thought Mm -hmm. and anya taylor joy she was the only perfect fit for for peach herself did you see the photo um, she came to the premiere and she had a custom made um, Princess Peach motorcycle outfit that she wore. Yep, I remember that. It was awesome. In fact, she's somebody I'd love to have on the podcast too. She is. Uh, she is very. She's very hard to get in touch with because she's always filming all over the world. And what about Jack Black? Jack Black is the best. I mean, he was. He was the first person we thought about for Bowser, and uh, he was just. He was just perfect. I can imagine. He's really great. You know, he, um, you know, when we started looking at the Bowser character, if you look at him, he's got like um, ridiculous wristbands on and he's got that red mohawk. And we were like, this guy feels like he's just like a heavy metal rock and roll dude. Yeah. (laughs) Just like Jack Black. And then that's how we decided to uh, ask Jack to be in the movie. Yeah. That's really amazing. I do need to ask you, um, why was it important yes. to select the right performers for each character? You know, for example, why ask Chris Pratt to voice Mario when Charles Martinet could have done the role himself? So that's a great question. And a lot of people ask us that. So the, 
the first thing we thought about when making the movie was how is Mario going to sound, right? I mean, in 35 years of the games, he only says, let's go, and it's a me. And we realized that you're just not an audience wouldn't have an emotional connection to a character who spoke like that the entire movie. And we thought it wouldn't be totally believable as a character. We spoke like that. Uh, so we thought who, what, what actor is really funny and also brings a ton of heart and emotion to his acting. And, you know, I've been, I've been a fan of Chris Pratt since he was on, you know, parks and recreation. I mean, he was one of the funniest guys on that whole show and everyone on that show is super. Love that show. I know he's so funny on that show. And then, um, and, and then he was in two of the Lego movies and he was, he's also a great voice actor. And we just thought he just, there's something about his spirit. There's something about that. He, he, he just feels like an earnest and optimistic guy, which is how we wanted Mario to feel. Um, but then, of course, we wanted Charles Martinet to be in the movie, and he actually does two voices in the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you know who? Yes, Giuseppe. Who? And uh-huh. Mario and Luigi's father, which I would love to do an impression of because I actually been doing that little voice for a while, and I managed to get it right. Okay, let's hear it. <clears throat> Remember when? Uh, Mario asked his dad what he thought of the commercial. Mm-hmm. He simply said, I think you're nuts. You don't leave a steady <laughs> job for some crazy dream. And the worst part, you're bringing your brother down with you. That's terrific. That's a perfect impression. Thanks. And um, I also kind of relate to what his, his father said to him, because that's exactly what I did a year ago. How's that? I also gave up a full-time job for a dream. Have you been doing any acting recently? Not not recently because I don't have a showreel yet. Mm. And because I don't have enough footage for a showreel. I understand. That makes sense. But after I, but this pr- television show that I'll be doing at the end of the year, I'll have plenty of footage for one. What's the tele- Can you talk about it? What's the television show? I can't really reveal too much about it at the moment but it's called Austin. Well, when you're on it, maybe I can, you can, maybe I'll start a podcast and I can interview you about it. <laughs> I would be delighted to. Um, well, that's very exciting. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And anyway, um, so um, how come Seth Rogen was chosen to voice Donkey Kong? Um, we like the idea that Donkey Kong was an adult, but he was kind of like an overgrown teenager. You know, he hasn't yeah. quite grown up and Seth just seemed perfect for it. And you know, Seth, Seth, before he was an actor, he, he was a writer. And so he brings a very writerly vision to the characters he plays. So he always has a ton of questions about the characters. He has a ton of ideas for funny dialogue um, so when you hire him, you don't just get Seth doing as an actor, you get a little bit of Seth as a writer, which is really fun. Yes. Yes. I did, did find that, that with Donkey Kong, he's act, actually quite childish. Yeah. That was the idea was that like, he would be super powerful, but very childish. And he has to grow up a little bit in the movie and yeah. you know, his dad doesn't totally see eye to eye with him. So that would be something him and Mario would have in common to bond over. What, would, what do they have to bond over? 
Um, do you remember when they get eaten by the giant yep. dog? They get eaten by, and they talk about how both of their dads don't really believe in them. Yeah. Um, so we like that. We like that idea that both of those characters yes. were going through that together, and and Donkey Kong being very immature and child just seemed like a really funny part for Seth to play. Yeah, I can imagine. Yes, I actually do find that, that Mario and Donkey Kong did have that one thing to bond over, that their fathers see mm-hmm. them as disappointments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. But what kind of bothers me is that, that Mario calls him a monkey. And what's the problem with that? Because gorillas don't have tails. Well, I, I don't think I don't think Mario knows as much about animals as you do. You know, he's a plumber in Brooklyn. I don't know if he's uh he knows the difference. But also the other thing is monkeys are much smaller than, than gorillas, and gorillas are far more powerful. Mm-hmm. But they're social mm-hmm. creatures as well. I believe in the I believe in like the Kong family and like the world of the Kongs, there's a mix of gorillas and monkeys. I think yeah. there's a couple of chimpanzees yes. also. Yes, that, that is true. Because speaking of in that scene, I heard that there was a, a certain song playing in that scene called Take On Me, which was previously used in Despicable Me 3, which seemed to be a popular song from the 1980s. Yes, we liked um, we liked using some uh, music from the 1980s because it's kind of nostalgic for when Mario started. Yeah, 1981. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, that Jungle Kingdom, I loved how it presented itself. If I was an ape, I, I would certainly love to live there. Oh my god! I know you get all the carts yes. to drive around all day, and I also loved how um, they integrated. If you like, look even when they go into Cranky Kong's throne room, there's like b- like banana draw. There's bananas and gor- you know they integrated all of the iconography of gorillas into yeah. their world, which I really loved. Yeah, I know. It's actually one of the best parts of that of that film. I love it. I, I, I love it. My my favorite part of the movie is um, after uh, when Mario is Cat Mario and he defeats Donkey Kong. Have you ever had a cat as a pet? Sadly, no. But I always wish I did. We I we had cats um, when I was growing up, and they do this thing. We used to call it making the biscuits. You know what that is? It's like nope. when they like when they're on um when they're on a couch or something soft they paw at the couch. So it looks like they're almost like netting, like making bread or making biscuits. Ah, yes. And when Mario beats Donkey Kong, he's on top of Donkey Kong and he starts like making the biscuits (laughs) on top of, uh, Donkey Kong, like Ah, a cat. Ah, That was my favorite part. That was pretty funny. I also have more questions to ask you. Um, Please. Were, were there any special highlights working on this animated masterpiece? Perhaps <laughs> the Peaches Ballad? Peaches, 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 peaches. The Peaches Ballad, of course, was an amazing highlight. And I, I remember the first time I heard the song. I was like, "Oh my god, people are going to lose their minds." The song is so funny, and it's and it's so catchy. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have to when you make these movies, you watch the scenes over and over again, and are always making little changes until the scene is perfect. And 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 sometimes when we would work on that scene, I would have to shut the volume off 
because I would have the song in my head the rest of the day. Like you cannot get it out of your head. Were there any other highlights for you? Um, the two two highlights for me were um, the first time Mario arrives in the Mushroom Kingdom and sees all the toads and the and Toad Town, and it sort of comes to life. Yeah, you know, I I grew up playing Mario games, so to actually be able to like go into the world and feel it being alive was just wonderful. Yeah. And um, the other, my other, the other part I really loved was um, the the chase scene on the Rainbow Road with the Mario Karts. That's one one of the flashiest scenes in the film. It's it, it's really great, and you know I played so much Mario Kart for so many years, and to see the Rainbow Road in a movie was like so exciting. Oh yes. After watching the, the film, it felt like that so many of the games were being played. Yeah, that was a, a very early idea for the movie, which was like, let's not just focus on one aspect of Mario. Let's make this a celebration of a bunch of different Mario games. Because, yeah. you know, Mario started fighting Donkey Kong. Those, oh, those yeah. were the first Mario games in the arcade. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like from the very beginning to um remember when they're running through new york to get to the job yep um that's like a side scrolling game like the kind of first nintendo games if you were to like look at that and compare it to the actual first mario game it's very very similar um he jumps on a flagpole at the end you know all that stuff so we were trying to combine as many ideas from as many mario games as possible yeah Although I don't really have an extensive knowledge on Mario because I've never played any of the games, not even as a kid. Never. No, except for one Donkey Kong game. Did anyone else in your family play Nintendo? My my brother's actually more of a gamer than, than I am. Mm-hmm. I don't, never really consider myself much of a gamer. May, maybe I did enjoy playing video games when I was a lot younger as a kid or teenager, but eventually I just grew out of them. I wasn't allowed to have a Nintendo when I was a kid. So I would always just have to play at my friend's houses. And the first one I got was super Nintendo, which came with super Mario world. And that is the game where you meet someone who is not really in the first movie. Do you know who it is? Who? Yoshi. Oh yes. Yoshi. Yeah. But they did add an Easter egg of, of a Yoshi egg. Yes, there we, we put an Easter egg, and then you see a herd of Yoshis when Mario, Peach, and Toad are traveling to I the Jungle see, Kingdom. I did see that. But you don't actually get to meet Yoshi in the first movie. That is correct. Did you directly meet and work with any of the cast members? Um, yes. Well, it was actually very interesting because for most of the time we were making the movie – the virus, which we're not allowed to speak about, yep. was circulating. So it was all done remotely. We made almost the entire movie remotely. So the recording sessions were just like this. We're just like um, me and the directors and an actor on Zoom or some sort of video conferencing. And, and we made it. We never recorded them. We were never together with them in a recording studio. And in fact... I didn't meet Jack Black in person until the premiere. Oh. 
that was the first time I met all of the actors in person because we made the whole movie remotely. Is Jack Black the the kind of person that you believe him to be? Yes. 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 He's he's exactly how you would expect him to be. He's incredible to work with. He's always has so much, so much energy and is such a hard worker and is so funny. And he's just Jack Black the whole time. He's he's singing, he's making jokes, and he's just yeah. a really sweet, wonderful guy. Yep. And he's been one of my heroes forever. I don't know. Do you like Tenacious D? Do you like his band? Um, I never really listened to any of his music. It's a little... Um, it's a little adult. It has some bad words in it. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if you'd like that, but, um, I was a huge fan of his band and, you know, he's also an amazing singer. I mean, he's an incredible singer. I mean, he's like the, sings like a rock star. Mm. So, um, to be able to sing the peaches song, doing the Bowser voice is like incredible. Yeah. You would definitely need a lot of energy to, perform that song and also voice that character as well. And only he could do it. Only he could do it. And he's, you know, my favorite character in the movie. And it was just great. Yeah. In fact, Jack Black's not the only voice actor with a, with a, a lot of high energy. Who, who else do you think? Do you know who I'm actually referring to? Who? The second half of Keen Peel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Keegan. He was, he was great as Toad actually. Yeah. That guy, forgotten his early fifties, he has a lot of energy. He has he has so much energy. I mean, he would be doing multiple projects. Like he would come in and was like, I get, he would come in and record his toad for an hour, and then go off and shoot something else. He, you know what? He's also a really good singer. He doesn't sing in the movie, but he's an awesome singer. He's somebody else like that that I that I die to have on the podcast as well, because imagine how fun it would be to have have him on to interview him, chat with him, and also bounce energy off each other. Yeah, because you know he's he comes from improvisational comedy, so he's really fun to work with too. Because he comes in with so much energy, and he is pitching jokes, doing improvisation, doing little lines here or there. Um. He's incredible. Oh, yes. I certainly would love to improvise with him. Yeah, he's he's so talented. I certainly would love to to interview his partner, Jordan Peele, as well. He's he's brilliant. Do you like horror movies? I don't remember. Uh, no. No, me neither. I generally avoid watching horror films. Me too. But he seems but Jordan Peele seems to be a director of horror films. He's a director of horror films who started out as, you know. Just another really funny improvisational comedy guy. He also seems like a great guy. I heard he's I heard he's great. I've never met him, but he seems great. Yeah. I also have have a few more questions to ask you. Um, sure. Can you describe the story behind getting Nintendo to finally agree to collaborate on an animated feature film based on the Mario franchise after that 1993 disaster? Have you seen the 1993 movie? Nope, and I don't intend to <laughs> or um, plan to either. I think the the decision for Nintendo and Illumination to work together on a Mario movie was made before I started working on the movie. And then the hard part at the beginning was just figuring out what kind of story we wanted to tell. You know, we have 35 years of Mario 
hundreds and hundreds of characters. How do we make this feel not like just a video game, but how do we make them feel like Mario and Luigi are real people um, who we care about? Um, they have a family. So we started working with Nintendo to start to just figure all of that stuff out. And we worked together. I mean, they produced the movie with Illumination and um, the creator of Mario, Miyamoto-san, um, was also the lead producer of the movie along with Chris Melodondry. So Nintendo was involved with us through every, every step of the way from reading script, the script to looking at scenes, to looking at designs, um, to making, you know, just to be a hundred percent sure that everyone who was ever a fan of Mario would watch this movie and, you know, be satisfied. Because after that night, after that 1993 disaster, which I don't intend to see at all, mm-hmm. um, Nintendo was very reluctant to license their video game properties for film adaptions. Yeah, I think they were waiting for the right studio to partner with and also in a way where they could have a lot more control over the movie um, and that it mm-hmm. would be um, much closer to you know, the, this amazing world they've created over the last 35 years. Mm-hmm. Because you see, with that 1993 film, it didn't look like that, that Nintendo had control o- over anything at all. And anything that's based on a, on a video game, it should be better. It's better done in animation form because from, what I, from the images I saw in from the 1993 film, they looked grotesque. You know, I, I think I think that's a good I think that's a great point. I think the the video games now, because the graphics are so wonderful, they just lend themselves to animated movies. You know, we had to redesign the characters a little bit for the movie with Nintendo's help yeah. because, you know, Mario needed to be able to move his neck and we needed to make sure that the characters had enough uh, facial expressions to really act. Yeah. But they the, what, all it was was like slight tweaks to the character design. So you still feel like you're seeing these characters you know and love as opposed to live action. But, you know, they don't look like them and it's just not satisfying. Yes, of course. I've also I've been following how much money at the box office the film has been making. It's not only become Illumination's highest grossing film, but the hot the highest grossing animated film of the 2020s, the first one, actually, the third highest grossing film, animated film of all time. It's even bested Frozen, but it's still got a long way to go before it, be- before it beats Frozen 2. You know, I, I think we were all just so happy that so many people all over the world love the movie and we're going to see it more than once to kind of just enjoy all the little Mario stuff in it. And, you know, you work, we work really, really hard. You know, these movies take years and years to make. So when it goes out into the world and it's like received so well by everyone and it's making so many people so happy, you know, someone just sent me, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you on Instagram. Someone just sent it to me. Um, A kid at his talent show, he's maybe 11 years old or 12 years old. He's dressed as Bowser and he goes up to the piano and starts to sing Peaches. And all the kids in the audience know the song 
and start singing along with him. And they're like (laughs) waving their arms. Like it's a love song. And, you know, just to know that so many kids saw the movie and it brought them so much joy that they're all singing it together is, you know, it's really, it's really wonderful. I'm going to send it to you on Instagram because you'll, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. I would love to. I also got to ask you, what did your family and or nieces and nephews think of your work? This is a great question. So, um, so we just took my niece who is, um, five years old. She's about to be six. We just took her to the movie theater, uh, two weeks ago to see the movie and, and, and she loved it. And her little brother is two and a half, but he kind of reminds me of Mario. Like he's just runs all over the place and is jumping off stuff. He's like pretty wild. And Wonderful. he's just, he's just learning to talk. My sister just texted me this actually. And he's just learning to talk and he watches the movie. He watches the movie a couple of times a week. And today he, they were just watching the movie and he just goes, "Uh Oh, Mario go fast. So he is really enjoying it also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sounds like, like he does have a lot of energy for his age. He, he is, uh, he has, he has a lot of energy and he's really fearless like Mario. Like wow. we saw him the other day, is like climbing up the, you know, he's just climbing and falling off things and getting back yep. up. He's, yep. Although I have to admit that I did have a particular dislike for that dog, Francis, because, mm. because the dog is spoiled and, and his female owner dotes on him. I like at the end of the movie when everyone's applauding for them, Francis is there and he nods at Luigi, like, we're good, bro. And Luigi nods back. So they do become friends at the end of the movie. That's basically a sign of respect. Yes. Yes. When Mario and Luigi relocated to the Mushroom Kingdom, I can see why why they would want to live there. Yeah, it seems pretty great, right? It's a very pure place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of dying to ask you this question. How come Anya Taylor-Joy was the perfect fit for Princess Peach? Well... As you know, in the video games, Princess Peach was just always a damsel in distress. And it was uh-huh. always Mario had to rescue her. And it's really important to me. You know, my niece is five years old. Um, a lot of my friends have um, da- younger daughters. And we wanted to make Peach a really aspirational character for young girls who kind of just like encompassed all parts of being a, a girl, which is like my niece loves to dress up as a princess, but she also loves to fight. And so she's super tough and super brave. So we had this idea very early on and we had seen some of her, we had seen some of Anya's work and we had seen her when we were casting the movie, um, the queen's gambit was quite popular. I don't know if you saw that on Netflix. I haven't. Oh, if you're a fan of hers, you should watch it. It's really, really good. Um, And she just seemed like um, just her spirit, and of course her incredible acting ability seemed like she was like the perfect choice and not to mention her accent and her accent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to just play all the different sides of peach, which is like, she's a very brave and confident ruler, but she's also a little sarcastic and likes to tease Mario. And, you know, there's a lot of fun sides to her that we thought she could play really well. I just find peaches character. Very, very attractive. And, you know, she does all of that fighting in her, in her gown and the tiara that doesn't move, which I find very yeah. funny. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually attracted to strong women. Me too. Me too. And she's a very, she's a very strong woman. I mean, she takes care of all these cute little innocent creatures. But, but I'm also talking about the mental strength she has. Yeah. So yeah, she's very smart. She's very tough um, and brilliant. I mean, she outsmarts Bowser. I also need to ask you this. Would you mind if I share one more impression from the film for you? I would love to hear another impression from the film. Thanks. But this one is going to involve some yelling and a lot of anger. And do you know what character I'm about to impersonate? Um, I have a guess. Do you want me to guess? Sure. I, I'm guessing it's going to be Bowser. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's hear it. I just need to yep. get into the spirit of it first. Just give me okay. one sec. <clears throat> get him out of my sight! We'll see how tough this Mario is when he watches me kill his brother! How was that? Bravo. Bravo. That's a great impression. But it didn't seem like it had a lot of anger. It felt like it had a lot of anger to me. Oh. I hope I didn't... I hope I didn't cause too much damage to Mandy's eardrums. I think she'll be okay. I have now reached the end of my questions, so now we can move on to a special segment known as Ask Mr. A Plusk, where you can ask me any questions you want. So let's do it. I have a couple of questions. My first yes. my first question is are you dating? Not at the moment. Are you are you are you trying to date or you're just taking a break from it? sort of taking a break from it because it's a bit of a sensitive subject for me at the moment. Oh, then let's not talk about it. Where I live, it's not really a place to find love. It's more suitable for elderly communities and for people with young kids. I just mm. feel trapped where I live. I need to mm. go somewhere else. But when I'm in England at the, at the, at the end of the year, I am do have some hopes that I might meet someone there because I'd love to settle down with a British lady. <laughs> you were, you know, last time we talked, you had made a new friend and I think she lived in Perth. Do you still t speak to her? Yeah, we, we're still talking, but we just, I just don't know what's going to pan, pan out with her. Mm. My next question is um, what are some movies and television shows you've liked recently? Oh, recently I've started watching agent Carter Mm-hmm. Because I'm kind of a fan of Hayley Atwell. Mm-hmm. Apart from the Super Mario Brothers movie, I've just been watching what I already have in my DVD library. Mm. But um, I'm also going to start watching some of David Attenborough's nature documentaries. Oh, I love his nature documentaries. They're, they're incredible. They certainly are. And I've also recently purchased a, a DVD copy of Saturday Night Live sketch compilations of Phil Hartman, RIP. I lo love Phil Hartman. Are you, are you a fan of The Simpsons? I used to be. He played a character on The Simpsons called Troy McClure. Yep. And also Lionel Hutz. And Lionel Hutz. He played all my favorite characters on The Simpsons. Can I please do some impressions of his characters on The Simpsons? I would. I would love to hear some some Phil Hartman impressions. Hello, everybody. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as P is for Psycho and The President's <laughs> Neck is Missing. <laughs> and one of his one-time characters, Lyle Landley, sounds like this. 
You know a town with money's a little like the mule with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. Oh my! Wait, so you know how? Um, do you know who wrote that episode? Yes, Conan O'Brien. So I live in Los Angeles, and a few years ago it was like the 30th anniversary of The Simpsons, and um, they did uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. They did a whole celebration of you know 30 years of The Simpsons. And he came out dressed as Lyle yes. and performed the Mon- monorail song. Yep. And it was amazing. I saw Broadway, Ardenville, and North Haverbrook, and my <laughs> them on the map. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I've, I've been an admirer, admirer of Phil Hartman's work since I was 14. Mm. Did you watch news radio also? Oh, yes, but, but I've only seen the first two seasons. Because mm. I can't get the the third or the fourth anywhere else on DVD. Mm. But I also love impersonating that character as well. Let's hear you it. You heard us. We demand a fully reclining electronic leather massage chair for the smoking area. <laughs> very good. Very but good. I do feel very sorry for him, though. I know. It's a very sad story what happened. I, re- I read about his marriage. Yeah, it was really a sad story. Yeah. There's there's a show we watch right now um, called What We Do in the Shadows, which is made by the guy who created news radio. And who is that again? His name is Paul Sims. He's a really great comedy writer. Oh, yes. And he makes this show now called What We Do in the Shadows, which is a mockumentary like Parks and Recreation or The Office about a group of vampires trying to just you know, live in New York city. That's very funny. Nice. Do you have any more questions for me? I don't. Do you have any more questions for me? I actually reached all of my questions, but so it turns out that you only had one question, huh? Well, I had two questions. That's pretty good. I'm not a professional. In, I'm not a professional podcast interviewer like you, you know, I'm just a writer. So I'm not as good at asking questions. Yeah. yeah that's, that's actually a very fair point, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have the talent for it that you do. That's that's actually a fair enough point. Some other stuff that I've also been watching recently and planning to watch more is Hanna-Barbera's content. Oh, yeah. I grew up watching those cartoons, the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Wacky Races. And Wacky Races. Um, oh, I loved the Jetsons when I was a kid. That was like my favorite. And I thought for sure we would have a robot made by now. But we don't. Um, the year that show was set was actually 2062. Oh, okay. So we have some more time. Yes, of course. Uh, all right, great. Oh, I also got to tell you this. Since you mentioned the Jetsons, that character Cogsville, I can do him spot on perfectly. Let's hear it. Okay. I got a hand at you, Spice Lane. <laughs> you got a lot of gumption challenging me to a round of golf. Huh. Uh, sort of like a flea challenging an elephant. <laughs> Bravo. That's a great one. Another one that I can do spawn perfectly is Snagglepuss, who's one of my top favorite Hanna-Barbera characters. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best voice actors to ever come through he, the US. Truly. Truly one of the best. Another one is Don Messick. Yeah, that's the fun thing about um, the the rest of the cast of the Mario movie, besides the movie stars, are all professional voice actors. So they can really do just a ton of different voices. Oh, yeah. And 
it's it's amazing to watch them go from like voice to voice to voice to voice. Yep. Um, I would give anything to to do that myself. The guy who plays Kamek is uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, and he yes, he's just like a man of a thousand voices. I mean, he's done yeah. every kind of cartoon voice possible, and I, I also love his performance as Kamek. Kamek's one of my favorite characters, actually. I, I actually know about Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, he's really he's really funny. We had a couple of the um, John DiMaggio's in the movie too, who's another great voice actor. Yeah. You know, the guys who directed the Mario movie had their own animated show called Teen Titans Go. So a lot of the smaller parts are from um, our actors from that show and they can just do, they can just do everything. They play all the toads and the, yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. Like really impressive. Well, Matthews, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to to return to the podcast. It means a lot. Oh, my God. It's, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for yeah. two weeks, so I'm very happy that you uh, invited me back. Same. I've been looking forward to this for actually more than two weeks myself. <laughs> Tell your friends and family about about the podcast because I think they would enjoy it too. I do. I sent I sent the last one to everyone I know, so everyone listens, and, I, and I'll, I'll post about it again. And uh, yeah, everyone, everyone loved the podcast. Nice. That's wonderful to hear. Thank you, Matthew. That means a lot. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.